Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 31 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Mickey Rooney appeared in more than 300 films getting his start during the silent film era. He was the top box office draw from 1939 to 1941, and one of the highest paid actors at the time. In the 30s and 40s, he starred in a series of films as Andy Hardy, which were extremely successful. And at 19 years old, he was the first teenager to be nominated for an Academy Award in 1939 for the film Babes in Arms. After several declines and comebacks in his career over the years, he capitalized on his earlier success portraying Andy Hardy in the 1949 radio version, The Hardy Family. Set in a Depression-era small Midwestern town, Judge Hardy is the head of the family, played by Louis Stone, and his wife Emily is played by Faye Holden. Mickey, of course, reprised his earlier role as son Andy Hardy. The show ran through 1950 and then was rebroadcast on Mutual in 1952. After the show's cancellation, Rooney went on to a continued successful film, stage, and TV career that lasted until the 2000s, until his death in 2014, age 93. Now sit back and enjoy the episode Hot Rod from The Hardy Family, starring Mickey Rooney. From Hollywood, here's Mickey Rooney, Louis Stone, and Faye Holden in The Hardy Family. <laughs> We're proud to present The Hardy Family, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer motion picture series, which brought delight to millions and reflected the common joys and tribulations of the average American family. And now, here are the same great stars in the parts they created on the screen. Louis Stone, Nicky Rooney, and Faye Holden, The Hardy Family! <laughs> People say they envy the professional man who works only five days a week and a Saturday and Sunday relax and enjoy his home. I've been a professional man all my life, and I've yet to experience a completely relaxed weekend at home. When a man has a wife as energetic as Mrs. Hardy, he should rest for five days and be prepared to work the weekend. James, I've been thinking, you work awfully hard in your court all week long. Yes, I know, I work pretty hard. That's why I'm always happy to see a beautiful Saturday morning like this. But after you finish your breakfast, why don't you just settle down with a good book and just well, relax? Can't do that. Bill Hardy's coming by for me in a few minutes. Wants me to look at a piece of property of his. Oh, dear. You know, you should take it easy when you have a chance. Well, just to please you. I'll take it easy all afternoon. No, you can't do that, dear. No, I wanted you to take me down to the railroad station to meet Mrs. Tuttle. I promised we'd meet her and take her home. Oh, I see. Well, I'll relax after that. And then, then you'll have to drive me to the market. 
And then I thought we might... Uh, uh, Emily, I, uh, I see what you meant when you said I should relax when I had the chance. <laughs> well, I wouldn't ask you, dear, except that Andy's gone for the day. Andrew out of the house this hour in the morning? Why, don't you know it's Saturday? James, I'm worried about that boy. Yesterday he was just full of pep. And then last night, shut himself in his room and read all the evening. You know, Mrs. Jackson said her son had those high and low flashes of temperament just before he burst his appendix. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about Andrew. When a boy stays alone in his room all night, it's more likely due to a burst romance. Well, if he doesn't slow down a little, he's going to burst something. Oh, by the way, I see that article I wrote here in the morning paper. Oh, did you write that article on canning peaches? No, 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 Emily. The only peach I ever canned was that young widow I sent to jail for reckless driving. <laughs> oh, James, that's terrible. <laughs> that's it. That's just a little joke, Emily, a little pun. I know, dear. It was terrible. <laughs> well, this, this article of mine on reckless driving, at the last meeting of the city council, it was decided that I should write it. Oh, that's nice. I hope everybody reads it and benefits by it. Yes, it's intended primarily for those young fellows who drive hot rods around town at breakneck speed. I try to point out the dangers involved in these hopped-up conveyances, and I issue a plea asking the parents to speak to the children. Well, you know, James, Andy has a hot rod. Well, Andrew used to have a hot rod, Emily. His hot rod is more of a lukewarm rod now. <laughs> Besides, he never did drive recklessly. No, he listened to your lectures, dear. Andy was always a good boy. Well, Emily, as a great man once said, there are no bad boys, only bad parents. That's why I'm asking the parents to do something about these hot rods. They've got to take the initiative, set the example. I think you're exactly right, James. And I don't intend to rest until I make every young driver in Carville safety-minded. Hot rods are a menace to our peaceful way of life. And every reckless hot rod driver will be dealt with very severely. <laughs> you see standing before you, no brakes, Hardy. The most devil-may-care hot ride driver in the nation. What in the world are you talking about? I'm about to enter my hot rod in the big jalopy race tonight at the Carville Stadium. Really? Don't take it too hard, child. I know there are great risks involved, but you've got to accept me as I am. The type who likes to live dangerously. <laughs> well, I think that's wonderful, Andy. Ah, you bloodthirsty women. What we men go through to win your admiration. Cheer while you may, because... This is the most dangerous of all games. Oh, I've seen the jalopy races, and they didn't seem so dangerous. Just remember this, dear girl. When you kiss me for good luck and send me off into that racetrack tonight, I might not come back. In your car, you might not even get going. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to see you're not fighting this thing, Pop. Not at You've all. You've got to be modern about these things. Well, I you am. mustn't resist it. I'm not resisting. Oh, for guy's sakes, do something. Act like you don't care if, if we only have this one last moment together. Are you folks going to be at the races tonight? Gosh, no, I haven't even told them about this. You, you know how Dad feels about those hot rods. I certainly do. Dad just doesn't understand hot rods, and so I think it's just as well not to, not to worry, you know? You mean you're afraid to tell him? Don't be silly. Why, I just... We... Yes, I am. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait until after the race. When I when I come in first and win that 150 bucks, the folks will be really proud of me. And suppose you come in 20th. 
That's impossible, Polly. There's only 15 cars in the race. <laughs> well, I'll certainly be cheering for you to win tonight, Andy. Yeah, there's just one little thing that may prevent me, though. I need $25 for the entrance fee, and it has to be paid by 10 o'clock this morning. If I could only find someone to sponsor me. Costs an awful lot to be a hero, doesn't it? Well, I certainly don't want to be a cheap hero. Jim Miller offered to give me the 25, but he's out of town and won't be back until after dinner. I, I need the money right now. Besides, Jim drives a hard bargain. He wants three-fourths of my winnings. Well, why don't you borrow the money on your car so you can pay the entrance fee? Yeah. And then pay it back tonight when you get the money from Jim Miller. Polly, you might have an idea there. Say, I'll, I'll try it. By the way, before I, I go, uh, I mean, might uh, I give you one long, last, lingering kiss? At this time of the morning... Right out here on the front porch? You've got to live one last mad moment. Who knows, tomorrow the sun may not rise for me. Well, it will for me, and I've got to think of my reputation. No smooching on the porch. You may regret this cold farewell tonight when you're at the track, watching me slide recklessly around those turns. Oh, I can just see it now. Yeah? For 50 laps, you're in number four spot. That's me. Then you start to pull out. Uh, you pass one car. Yeah, I'm in third place. You pass another car. You're in second place. Now I'm in second the place. The crowd is roaring. They're cheering yeah, I'm trying to squeeze him off on the inside turn. No, you're trying to pass him on the outside. I'm on the outside. Oh, how dare you. Yeah. It looks like your wheels are going to lock. No, no, no. I, why, why didn't I pass him on the inside? You won't be Huh? You skid a little. I'm skidding. Now you're slightly ahead and pulling away fast. That's me. But one of your wheels is wobbling. It's what? It might come off any minute now. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. Flames. from the front of your car. Flames. I'm on fire. Polly, please. Oh, the crowd is hysterical. What? Could you love me just as much if I were the hero of a nice chess tournament? <laughs> ah, good morning, Mr. Mason. Morning, Andy. Say, I hear you're entered in the big zombie race tonight. Well, I plan to give the crowd a thrill, yes. Guess you've heard the boys talking about me, huh? No breaks, Hardy. <laughs> I'm betting on you in that race tonight. Uh, Mr. Mason, you're a used car dealer. You know my car, right? Sure, it'll walk away from the others. I, I was wondering if you'd like to uh, sponsor me tonight in the race. Well, now that's quite an honor. I think I'd like to. Swell. You know, I'll, I'll paint your name in big letters on the side of the car, too. Well, what does the sponsor do? I make a speech or something? No, 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 no. It's, it's very simple. You just put up $25 by 10 o'clock this morning and... You're my sponsor. Twenty-five dollars? That's right. Andy, I thought you wanted me to sponsor you, not Amos and Andy. Uh, well, I, I need the money this morning, Mr. Mason. I can pay you back by dinner time if you'll just loan it to me. Well, Andy, we don't make loans on cars here. Try the bank. I did. They're not making loans this morning either. I'm sorry, Andy. We've got a deal with the bank. We don't make loans and they don't sell cars. Well, th then buy my car. Can you do that? Yes, but... Are you going to race it if I buy it? Well, you buy it from me for $25. I'll get the money Jim Miller promised me at dinner time tonight and buy it back from you for $25. Hmm. I'm operating on a pretty small margin of profit there, don't you think? Uh, Mr. Mason, I, I need the money. Andy, I've known you for a long time, and I'd like to see you in that race. It's a deal. You mean it? 
Oh, swell. Look, I'll bring my car right over. Oh, you don't have to do no, that. No, no, I, no, I, I insist on this thing being legal. After all, you bought the car, you're entitled to it. Until tonight. All right, if that's the way you want to do it, but you don't have to bother to drive it over. We'll pick it up. Good, good. It's uh, standing in the driveway at my house. All right, Andy, here's your 25. That's it. Get down and get your car entered, and good luck. Thanks, Mr. Mason. Thanks uh, a lot. Hey, Joe, come here a minute. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mason. We just bought a car from Andy Hardy here. I want you to go over and pick it up. Oh, Joe, what's the address? Uh, uh, 342 Maple Street. Uh, the car is standing right in the driveway. Yeah, okay, I'll get it. Mr. Mason, you're going to see a real race tonight. When no brakes, Hardy goes turning around that track, completing 150 breathtaking laps. Oh, you're going to be proud of me. 150 laps? Yeah. I thought the race was only 100 laps. It takes me 50 laps to stop. No brakes. Emily. Emily, you home? Yes, right here, James. I just got in. I went over at Mrs. Gordon's all morning. Emily, our car's gone. I know, James. And this is his real gun. I mean, it's missing. Oh, on which cylinder? Oh, no, 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 Emily. The car's disappeared. I parked it right in the driveway before I left this morning. Are you sure you didn't leave it in the garage? No, no, no. I left it in the driveway. Well, I suppose Andrew's borrowed it again without my permission. I've spoken to him about that a dozen times. Now, don't get upset with Andy yet, James. You don't know that he took it. Well, what else could have happened to it? Andrew's car's still out there. Well, I don't think you'd take it without permission. Oh, Emily's pretty obvious. I don't mind Andrew borrowing the car any time, but I like to know when he's going to do it. I think you're unnecessarily disturbed. It probably isn't anything bad like that at all. Then what did happen to the car? Why, James, probably someone's just stolen it. A moment the Hardy family will return. First, a word from your announcement. To the Hardy family, starring Mickey Rooney, Louis Stone, and Faye Holden. Well, one of the most frustrating experiences in the world is to go out, step into your car, and find you've nothing to step into. I imagine this is an experience a good many men go through of young son's home. Andrew thinks his own car is the finest thing in four wheels until he wants to make a little impression, and suddenly my car is much more attractive. That's probably because mine has a Top that's all in one piece, and even better, a tank full of gas. James, aren't you going to call the police and report your car stolen? No, no, Emily. I'm certain Andrew barred it. I'm going to have a man-to-man talk with him when he comes home. Oh, but seriously, somebody might have stolen it. Well, who? Who would steal my car? Everyone in town knows I'm a judge. No, no, this is Andrew's work. Well, if some thief did take it, will he come up for trial in your court? I hope so. I sincerely hope so. Oh, my goodness. In the old days when we drove around a horse and buggy, we never had a car stolen. Well, it was harder to steal a car then. There weren't any cars. (laughs) 
Oh, dear, you know we've less than an hour to meet that train. Well, I guess there's only one thing we can do. We'll have to take Andrew's car. Well, don't you think we ought to ask Andy's permission, dear? Permission? I phoned all over this town trying to locate him, and I can't. No, we'll just borrow his car the same as you borrowed mine. But you can't drive that car. Why not? It's a hot rod. Well, I'm pretty well heated up myself at the moment. <laughs> oh, but James, how can you be seen driving a hot rod after all the things you said about them? And that article of yours in the paper this morning. Well, this is an emergency, Emily. This is an emergency. Besides, I'm not against the cars, just the way some of the owners drive them. Well, Andy drove me to the market one day in that car, and I didn't stop shaking for two days. Well, we'll just putter along, take it easy. Oh, Emily, by the way, do you think you could find my old duster and my goggles and gauntlets that I used to wear when you drove that Maxwell years ago? James, Andy's car isn't that old. Well, uh, when I drive that black and white striped monster down the street, I intend to be well disguised. Do you want me to wait until you back and his car to the garage before I get in, James? Oh, no, no. Get in now. Never get this thing started. I don't want to take unnecessary chance of stopping it. Oh, gracious, it's hard to realize that this car was once an automobile, isn't it? It certainly is. Here, I'll, I'll open the door for you. It seems to be stuck. Well, I think Andy usually yells over the top and leaps in. Emily, please, please have a little respect for old age. Oh, James, you're not so old. I'm speaking of the car. Oh. <laughs> Only one thing I do, I guess. There's a little persuasion here, so you better stand back, Mother. Now. Yeah. Stand back. <laughs> well, I did it. Success. Yeah, the door is still shut. That was the hood that flew open. Yeah, I know, I know. We better hurry. We're going to be late getting to the station. Yes, uh, we'll just use this little stepladder here and climb over. Here, take my hand. Well, here you go. Over the top. Oh, thank you, dear. I'm all settled. Well, then we... Uh... All right, I can't even see you. I'm sitting down on the floorboard. Mm. There doesn't seem to be any seat. Well, here I come. Well, here we are. Where's the steering wheel? It's right there, dear, up above your head. Oh. Well, well, hang on, Emily, hang on. We may go ahead, we may go back. If I pull the wrong gadget, we might go straight up. <laughs> Why are you blowing the horn? There's nobody in our way. Well, this may surprise you, my dear, but I'm stepping on the starter. <laughs> How on earth do you start this contraption? Andy drives his car every day, and he never has a bit of trouble. <laughs> Come on, start the car. Start it. <laughs> All right. How would you suggest I start it? Well, why don't you just turn every knob and just see what happens? All right. Well, hang on. Windshield wiper. Throttle. Heater. Headlights. <laughs> Headlights. <laughs> well, why didn't I think of that? Well, here we go. We're actually going. I never thought I'd see this. James, uh, we've only got 15 minutes to get to the station. Don't kill the motor. Kill it. Emily, if all the things Andrew has done to that motor hasn't killed it, he's just not ready to die. Oh, look. 
There's Mrs. Foley walking down the street. Oh, for heaven's sake, honey, don't, don't wave, don't wave. People think we've gone crazy. Oh, I guess you're right, dear. Uh, slide down the seat as far as you can until we pass her. My knees are already higher than my head. Well, just a second now, and we'll pass her. Oh. 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 Uh, it's going to stop right beside her. Keep down, keep down, Emily. Well... Judge Hardy and Mrs. Hardy. Uh, good afternoon, Mrs. Foley. Uh, lovely day, isn't it? Yes. Hello, Mrs. Foley. We didn't see you. Well, I should think not. Curled up on the floorboards like that. Well, it's, it's warmer down here. It keeps the wind out of your eyes. Judge Hardy, it seems to me I read quite an article by you in the paper this morning about people driving dangerous hot rods on the streets. Uh, well, you see, this is an emergency, Miss Bowie. This is an emergency. Emily, uh, what was it I did to start the car? I think you blew the horn. You asked the young people of Carvel to please keep their hot rods off the streets, but I must say, Judge Hardy, you are certainly not lighting the way for others. The headlights. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Foley. Thank you. You have lighted the way for us. Uh, hello, Joe. Is Mr. Mason around? Huh? Oh, hiya, Hardy. No, the boss is gone for the rest of the day. Uh, I, I've got a little problem. Maybe you can help me. I don't loan no dough to nobody. Uh, that, that, that's not it. You see, Mr. Mason bought my car for $25 this morning. Yeah, I went out and picked the heap up. Well, I, I'd like to have it back. Huh? It just happens I'm going to win that big race with it tonight. Do you suppose you could let me have it, huh? How much you want to pay? <laughs> well, that's just a hitch. You see, I... I can't pay anything, but if I could just take the car out for the race, I, I can win enough money to pay back Mr. Mason. I ain't got no authority to let no cars out, especially for no dough. Joe, you know what I think. Huh? You ain't got no heart, and you ain't going to get no good conduct medal at your next scout meeting. Goodbye! <laughs> Hi, Mom. Dad, nice day, isn't it? Oh, goodness, you sound low, dear. What's wrong? Everything. Everything's gone wrong. Uh, Andrew, before we listen to your problems, I'd like to ask you a question about my car. Car? That's my whole problem. I've been up to my ears in cars all day. That's what I want to ask you. Why'd you get up your ears in my car without my permission? Your car? Your car, Dad? I, I haven't had your car today. I parked it in the driveway this morning, and a few hours later, it was gone. In the driveway? Oh, my gosh. Andrew, I have a feeling you do know something about this. I, I may as well confess everything. I entered myself in that big jalopy race tonight. Jalopy and race? I, th I, I know, Dad. I know. I shouldn't have tried to put anything over on you. I, I know how you disapprove of those races. Disapprove of them? I don't disapprove of the races. They're a fine thing. Huh? Matter of fact, it's an excellent idea to hold those races. Keeps the young fellas off the street at night. Let's them work their energy out on the racetrack under strict supervision. Oh, my gosh, how droopy can I get? I should have told you in the first place. It's just that I thought you'd be so proud of me if I won first place tonight, and I... I was going to surprise you. 
Well, dear, you could surprise us now if you told us where your father's car is. Oh, oh yeah, that. Well, I needed $25 for the entrance fee, see, in the race, so I sold it to Mr. Mason for 25 bucks and told him to pick my car up and hold it. Obviously, they took your car. It was out in the driveway, see. You sold my car for $25? I better go right down there and get it back for you, huh? Oh, wait a minute. If they pick your car up, then mine must still be here. I can race it tonight and pay Mr. Mason later on out of my winnings. Yes, 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 but what about my car? Dad, would you mind awfully much leaving your car at Mason's lot for security, huh? Just just for tonight. Oh, I think that's the least we can do, Jane. Oh, maybe. Well, thanks, Dad, thanks. Everything's great now. The minute I start to operate open and above board with you, all my difficulties vanish. Now, now tell me, where's my car? Uh, <clears throat> well, I, where? I'm afraid that part of that has vanished, too. What, 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 what do you mean? I really wouldn't advise you to race your car tonight. But why not? Well, your car, when last seen, was sitting high up on a hydraulic jack down in Gordon's garage. Gordon's garage? What happened to it? Well, Andrew, that car of yours was really destined for the garage. I never saw so many things fall off one car. But I, but I left it home. Don't tell me it just suddenly collapsed from old age. James, I think you'd better tell him. Yeah? Well, son, uh, your mother wanted me to drive her down to the train station this afternoon. Well, yes, but you did all the driving, James. Huh? I know, I know. I'll assume full responsibility, Emily. Well, uh, a lamppost came at us very fast. It was really on the wrong side of the street. You... You hit a lamppost with it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what happened to the car, Dad? Tell me. Well, both front fenders came off. Yeah. Uh, the hood's broken off. Yeah? Headlights are missing. Headlights are broken? Why, why, that's great! That's great. Why, sure, you saved me a lot of trouble. I, I would just have to strip all those things off anyway. Well, James, you're a racing driver and didn't know it. Andrew, do you mean to tell me that you take all those things off your car before you race it? Yeah, it cuts down the wind resistance. Why, I'll even take the doors and the windshield off. Oh, you won't, you won't have to. They came off, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, just uh, tell me one thing, son. Yeah, what's that? Uh, which do you enter in the race? The part you take off or the part that's left over? <laughs> in a moment, the Hardy family will return. Here again is the Hardy family. Oh, gee, Andy, I don't know when I've been so excited. You were one of the leaders in the race all the way. Uh, I told you I'm the type who likes to live dangerously. But couldn't you have pushed down on the gas just a little more at the last? I don't like to live that dangerously. Andrew, I'll have to admit I misjudged your car. I never thought it would hold together that long. Why, some of the cars didn't even leave the starting line. Oh, I think it's wonderful that you were able to come in fourth. Yeah, it's quite an honor. Cars were dropping off like flies all along the course. It's a good thing there were only four left at the finish line. I might have come in fifth. <laughs> I think it's a good thing the race wasn't a mile longer. Why, Dad? The 
might not even have been a winner. The Hardy Family, starring Louis Dowen, Mickey Rooney, and Faye Holden, is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Malaya, starring Spencer Tracy, James Stewart, Valentina Cortesa, Sidney Greenstreet, and John Hodiak. is written by Jack Rubin and Jameson Brewer, based on characters created by Arania Ruberall. Direction is by Thomas A. McAfee. Original music was composed and conducted by Jerry Fielding. Jack McCoy speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for